0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Breakfast with Brokers. We are here with my favorite human being in the real estate industry and in life in general, Mr. Joey D, and he is our in-house market stat expert. So we are going to be dropping a lot of dense but awesome knowledge on you. Uh, so those of you wondering where the market's going, what's happening, is it a good time to buy, yada, 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 we are looking at it from a market stat perspective. You cannot argue with facts. So here we go. So we are here with Mr. Joseph D'Amico, who has, how many years in the business have you been? 22. 22 years in the real estate business. So... Grab your helmet. Here we go. <laughs> Joey, can you introduce yourself? Yes. Yeah, you so, you know hi,
1: everybody. My name is Joseph D'Amico. I am a resident native of New Jersey. <laughs> uh, grew up in Hudson County all my life. Moved away for a few years and uh, fell back in love with it. where you Came move? back. Uh, Florida.
0: You moved to Florida? Moved to
1: school down there and stayed down there for a few extra years. Get
0: the flip out of Yeah. Here.
1: And um, still came back. Um, actually moved back to my hometown where I grew up in Secaucus. Realized that it is a really nice town when you get older, not when you're young. Um, and it's a very community friendly area, um, like this whole Hudson County area. So, um, I came back where I felt most at home.
0: I love that. Thank you. I Thank love you. that. Yeah. So you've been through several real estate markets. Yes. Um, the
1: first one I came in when I first walked into business was in 2000 and, um, interest rates currently or at that point were eight and a half percent and we were doing about 20% returns on a yearly basis on people that were buying their properties were appraising or appreciating. Twenty percent higher within a year from that date, and then we were at eight and a half percent that time. Wow! Yeah, the average the average square footage was like three hundred and thirty dollars a square foot. That was oh two bedroom, two bath with a yard. Um, so you bought a thousand square foot, two bedroom, two bath with a yard. You're paying for you three hundred thirty thousand dollars for it. Oh my God! And I thought that was extremely high end back then. Yeah. You know that it was like on Second of Bloomfield was my first uh, open house. Side I'm note, so you guys are in
0: for a treat. You're listening to the velvety sounds of Joe DiBico's voice. hello, <laughs> He moonlights at us hello with 900 Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the reason... Joey does our numbers for us in our office. He runs them weekly. Um, in New Jersey, we are blessed with an MLS. So, he is able to tap into the MLS, and uh, he compiles these incredible reports for us, and he is a, an asset to our company, uh, Tenfold. Uh, and an asset to the real estate community as a whole so uh, i thought it'd be good to have him on here i think there's a lot of speculation there's a lot of noise there's a lot of bs to be honest um about what's going on in the market right now and i thought who better to kind of talk to everyone than you know someone who relies on the data and has seen you know the 2000s the 2008 Mm -hmm. and and now what we're going through now so i think we just jump in um you know, I, I think we could talk about the numbers. I kind of want to talk about them from like you know when we go through it on our meeting. It's a very dense conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our people here, you know, or the listeners of this show yeah. are clients and buyers and sellers in addition to realtors. So I think we want to like not, I don't want to use the term dumb it down, but I think mm-hmm. we want to get it to a point where like the like layman's terms. Yeah, no, um, totally
1: understandable. I mean, again, I you know not people that are not dealing with on a daily basis, but not not all the terminology. And also uh, might not understand all the stats, so they try to make it as easy as possible. That's what we're trying to do today. Yeah,
0: love mm-hmm. it. I mean, what uh, there's so many different ways we can attack mm-hmm. this conversation. I think let's talk about the rental numbers first. I thought what you just brought up with rentals was insane.
1: Yeah, so um, I just did rental numbers um, looking at last year from January 2021 to November 8th of 2021 compared to this year, 2022 up to November 8th as well. And there's some pretty, uh, crazy stats that I pulled up, uh, just to give you an idea. This year, uh, we are averaging about 11 days on the market in Hoboken for average rentals. And we had a total rented this year of, uh, 1,379 properties that rented so far this year up until November 8th in Hoboken. And the average rental price is, uh, thirty three thousand four hundred and eighty dollars Now, compared to last year, we, um... Um Our the same purchase time our rented prices were averaging two thousand six hundred and eight dollars um and i'm sorry, I apologize that was downtown hundred city uh they it was two thousand six hundred and eighty dollars in Hoboken so just to give you an idea, I'm not about going into all these deep numbers, but uh days on market is an indicator of how long a property sits while you're renting um the longer it sits as a landlord the hard it is for you to rent without doing price adjustments. Um, for a renter looking to rent, it's actually beneficial for them. So they, if the property's sitting on the market 30 days or longer, they usually start seeing price reductions on a home. Um, That's not the case. Again, uh, last year in Hoboken, we averaged about 33 days on the market. Um, And again, the average price was at 2680. This year we're at 11 days on the market, which is unheard of. It's. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, you blink and it's gone. Yeah. And people are averaging probably three or four hundred dollars over the asking price on rentals right now, wow. um, which is insane.
0: And um, you said the average rental price is thirty six now.
1: Uh it is thirty thousand 30, four hundred eighty dollars. So up
0: from twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. In a year.
1: In a year. Wow. And that is a twenty nine percent, twenty nine. Let's just say thirty percent increase from last year's prices to this year's prices. Wow. And uh days on market when they ran the stats, they they are 200% uh to 200% lower than they were a year ago. Um That's so insane. basically um 33 days compared to 11 comes out to 200% decrease in days on market which then creates prices to start going up, um less inventory coming in and just an indication of inventory um, at last year, at this point on November eighth of twenty twenty one, we had twenty eight hundred and seventy one rentals. That's going from studios how to up to one family homes. Mm-hmm. They don't track multifamily homes unless they're individually rented out. Got it. Um, this year, we are at thirteen hundred and seventy nine rentals, which is a hundred and eight percent decrease in the amount of properties that were rented this year because of low inventory so simple
0: supply and demand there you got low inventory Mm. and and so the pricing is going through the roof
1: yeah and then low within low inventory now brings days on market further down
0: yeah it's something to mention about the days on market too is you know for any realtors listening right now we know that that 11 days is not 11 days No. so basically that's when an agent lists on the market and then eventually marks it as rented um, or I would argue that
1: days on market is closer to two or three. It's probably yeah, closer to that, no question about it. Because usually what happens as soon as you put it on the market, um, the realtors are inundated with 30, 40 emails in the same day from people looking to rent it, view yeah. it. And then you have the real estate community doing the same thing. So that property in the first two days could be shown 30 to 40 times. And by the second day has nine to 10 applications on it and if you're lucky you're going to get it over the asking price right um and again if you're thinking about renting a place in hoboken or downtown Jersey city even and if there's a lot of lot of competition on that property going 100 over 100 dollars over the asking price is probably not going to lock it down going at asking price is probably not going to lock it down if it's something you really 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 love you're probably being uh at least 200 to 300 to go over the asking price I've seen some places, uh, in downtown, so, you know, can go like $500 over the asking price. Unbelievable. Yeah. And again, that's not even based off of like price point that you're looking at, right, you know, right. we're looking at generally $3,000, uh, two bedrooms right now under a thousand square feet are averaging around 3,400, right. you know, and there are, you know, people coming out listing around 31. And that's not parking. That's not anything high end. It's a nice place, but, you're looking at those places last year, were probably about 26 to 28. Yeah. You know, now they're coming out at like to thirty one and they're renting for about 34. So it's just, it's just tremendous amount. So if you're looking for rentals, just keep yourself in mind that anything you look at, add two to $300 on top of that. See if it works in your budget. Cause that's the biggest thing. Right. Does it work for your budget? You know, if you're budgeting $3,000 a month for a rental, you 're most likely not going to be able to go higher than the property you're looking at that day if it 's a three thousand dollar rental because most likely you 're going to be paying thirty three thirty four for it, so you might be looking at maybe I should budget myself at twenty six twenty seven hundred right. with the anticipation anticipation excuse me for going up in price because you 're going to have to with the amount of competition
0: and this is a good segue into the the sale market stats in the sense that like this is why there is any kind of slowing in the sale market in the sense that people are they're going nuts for the rentals, um, which is driving up the rental price. Which I think is actually going to keep our sale market actually pretty healthy because eventually, if you're spending forty six hundred dollars a month in rent, mm-hmm. you are making some landlord very wealthy. Yeah. When you could be, yes, interest rates are high, but you you could be putting that into your own equity, mm-hmm. even with the higher interest rates. So I think that's pretty much what's keeping our that and the inventory numbers.
1: I I yeah I I totally agree with you. I mean it comes to a point you really have to look at is it worth. Four grand a month paying a landlord, or do I stretch myself a little bit more? Maybe put a higher down payment. Try to budget myself. Maybe I have to go up two or three hundred dollars more a month on a monthly budget to own a place. Yeah. Um, I'd rather own the place because you get the tax write off. Um, you get the write off the interest payments. It takes takes your probably taking off twenty thousand dollars off your total income for the year right off the top with taxes and interest. Yeah. To now lower your your uh total income so when you do your taxes for the year you'll have uh, you'll be priced at a, you know you'll be taxed on a lower amount of money
0: and what's interesting is real estate can actually be a good hedge against inflation so a fixed rate mortgage locks in a homeowner's monthly mortgage payment and keeps it steady against any future rate hikes so homeowners stand to gain in the long run a homeowner that buys and holds for at least 10 years, like real estate markets, 7 yeah. to 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. They have a 93% chance of selling their home for more than what they originally paid, which that's that's a huge... It, yeah. The buy and hold is still a very safe play with mm-hmm. real estate investing.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, general rule of thumb is at least a 10-year hold if you're really looking to invest your money and avoid recessions at times because it's going to happen. There's always a dip. I can't say recession There's always a dip there's always a correction in real estate right but if you're holding long term oh. <laughs> we're
0: whole, coming at you from sorry. the new podcast studio and stuff's falling off the wall
1: if you're if you're holding it's sorry, hilarious Joey. no don't be if you're holding uh, if you're holding for 10 years or longer you're gonna avoid a lot of stuff and you will make a return it's just be, it's the people that rent uh, that own two or three years and want to upgrade those are the people that can get burned when the market is on a dip. Um, and you know, now, now with interest rates being what they are is Sony bought two years ago and is looking to upgrade. Now they're going to have a hard time justifying that because interest rates being doubled. But again, if they look at it, okay, the next place I'm going into, I'm there this for 10 years. Home, right. Yeah. That's a different story. Again, I would never let you want you as a client of mine, or I'm sure even Lisa as well is to think about, you know, while interest rates being what they are, I really can't afford my dream home. You can, if you know, you're going to be in a term. Right. Um, it's it's always better to still buy than to keep on renting. It just you're throwing money away that you can't get any tax breaks from.
0: Yeah. And the only
1: thing you're helping out is the person that owns the property.
0: So if I'm hearing you correctly, and I think I subscribe with the same bit of advice, is like it's not a good time to flip a home, but it's still a good time to buy a home.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, totally. I think the flipping market will come for people yep. that are investors. Um, I'm dealing with them, a few of them now. Um, it's just that with the interest rates being high right now, especially for investors, uh, that are financing it, you're looking at a a point percent higher, maybe more, depending on.
0: Yeah, the second home investment market rates are terrible. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. So, um, what happens with that is that um, you know, they look at what kind of income is generated from the property, what kind of expenses they have to take out, um, of the total income, and they come up with a number, monthly number, and they hopefully are. Return we're getting some kind of return of a positive. It doesn't have to be a great a positive because they are also looking at appreciation value investors.
0: And are you seeing people like are those numbers working in anywhere no. around here? No, I've no, been running right?
1: numbers for multifamilies even in areas that are a little more repressed than the Gold Coast of Hudson County.
0: Right.
1: Um. And the best numbers I can find right now, twenty five percent down at eight and a half percent interest rate, are negative fifty four dollars a month, hundred negative a month. Right. Um. Which is not that bad, but. I don't think uh, the properties have come down in price as of right now to make those investors uh, jump out buying right. properties because the numbers just aren't making sense. If, unless they're cash buyers. Cash buyers, you know, cash buyers, cash buyer. Um, that is a great way to buy properties and investment, especially when interest rates are being high. Right. Um, you know, you're looking because you're usually taking that income and then just flipping it back over and you're generating money coming in that, you probably can't get in the stock market right now
0: yeah so one of the things that like i think you know some fears that clients like a realtor.com magazine kind of put out some some general fears that clients are having um and i just i'm interested to get your take being that you have you're such a veteran in the business and you do have the stats that we're going to go over um but i think one of the key things is like you know everyone's like is this a crash is this a crash is this another you know great recession but it's the mortgages are structured differently today. They're not, you know, they're not lending to any Tom, Dick, and mm-hmm. Harry. Like you have to have a high credit score. You have to have the ability yeah. to, to pay requirements. Um, what I've noticed is a lot of brokers or mortgage brokers rather are pushing ARMs, mm-hmm. um, and that makes me nervous. I mean, I've only been in the business thirteen years, and for me, the ARM situation is is a little reminiscent of the Great Recession. Now, I'm being told by all the professionals that we that we, you know, trust. You do a seven to ten year ARM. Very different conversation than a three year
1: on correct, correct well, um you know the f- when we went through the big drop in pricing in two thousand six it really started two thousand and seven was where it really hit two thousand and eight when the bottom just dropped out Shit in
0: the fam. yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> and really what that was the the mortgage companies back then were doing these things called no doc loans mm. so you all you had to do was run a credit check and tell them what you made didn't have to show them really anything else right. and you were getting a loan right. so people that were making $25,000, 30000 a year were getting, buying $250,000 houses, half a million dollar houses they could not afford it. Right. Um, so what really happened wasn't the, sh- the short-term arms, the 5 and 7s and 10s that people do. It was really the the way the mortgage company was structured. They were giving out loans to Tom, Dick, and Harry, basically. Right. And what happened was when the market started crashing, these people just got so burned because their property values dropped that they couldn't even... They were underwater basically the property value was worth less than what they purchased it for and they couldn't keep up with the payments and then that's when you saw foreclosures starting to happen a lot
0: right so I think like the the lesson there is like obviously you know we took our medicine to an mm-hmm. extent mm-hmm. and there are no bad I should say there are none you never mm-hmm. want to speak in absolutes mm-hmm. but they the majority of these loans are people that actually have money yeah and a huge portion of what's interesting i was out in the hamptons this weekend and mm-hmm. i was i was talking to some people out there and what's interesting is they're like there's a huge majority of the the properties out there that are trading are going all cash mm-hmm. so it's like you know you're going to have this divide between the wealthy and the not so wealthy mm-hmm. or, or arguably the poor right yep. and, and the middle section is what's going to get hurt the most yeah, it usually by, does yeah so like you have these bills, like the average sale price out there is like two and a half million or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Those people are putting down cash and then yeah. refinancing on the back end or yep. doing what they can. So yep. it's like, you know, if you, this market is going to be driven, in my opinion, by the, the liquid wealthy class yes. that's, that's able to mm-hmm. continue to upgrade. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Real and again, what happened back in 2008 is you saw the liquid wealthy class buy up a ton of properties. Interesting. Because they had the cash, people were desperate to get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all those people that bought back then, I wish I had the money back then. Right, right. <laughs> you know, <We> all do. <laughs> uh, yeah, because, um, uh, you know, people buying 10 15 properties in a year. Yeah, it was, they had the money, they, and they made a fortune on it. Um, and again, that is to, to the mortgage lending industry back then, that the banks came in and the government came in and changed all those banking laws. Uh, to make it more stringent, to harder to get a loan, to only be able to approve people, th- uh, approve people that can really afford it without mm. giving a, a person that's a dishwasher, buying a half million dollar home that really couldn't afford it, but he can get a loan anyway, so he bought it. Right. You know, thinking that with all these people, that mindset was, let's make quick money. Right. And real estate's not a quick money thing. You can do that every once in a while. There's always a chance. Right. You know, if you buy a new development back in Hoboken in the early 2000s, if you bought, let's say, the Huntington,
0: right you know, right um
1: I had clients buy um 1100 square feet for 335 thousand dollars of parking wow. and those things are worth like 850 now yeah you know? and even right now in even the slower market that we in for the beginning of the year it's probably worth a little bit more back in spring
0: I mean I even know for my own personal not to get like tacky on here mm-hmm. but I even know for my own personal we bought our place I, I thought we were we were scrimping and saving we ate ramen noodles for like mm-hmm. three months mm-hmm. to be able to buy our place which was a loft. In a run-down building, mm-hmm. needed a new roof. The whole nine. We put we paid seven thirty five for it. It was like every dollar I had in my bank account. Mm-hmm. This was only eight eight years ago. Mm-hmm. We just had it appraised for one three. Yeah, yeah. In eight years. Yeah, that's, like, insane. that's insane.
1: Yes, it, but again, look, it shows you you're getting that to that eight seven to ten range years, yeah. where even if you go down, you're still ahead of the game.
0: Yeah. You're so right. it's
1: always better to buy than rent if you can. You know, again, if you can afford it, you do it. But. Right. If you have the necessary means of some money in the bank, um, if you have a, if you can get a decent interest rate and you have the theory that you're looking at a 70-year, 10-year home, a 10-year hold at the minimum, mm-hmm. you're going to do well. And I would advise you to buy instead of rent, instead of pay, somebody else, paying for somebody else's rent.
0: But I also uh, think in our markets here, the rent is so high, as you just indicated, mm-hmm. that it's yeah. like... You're you're talking about a difference of fifteen hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, and you could be owning something around six seven hundred k, yeah. right? Am I getting mm-hmm. those numbers right?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Talk to a mortgage professional. Yes, definitely on that. Is, not yeah. that. <laughs> That's a disclaimer. But, but one of the things that they mention here, Joe, and I want to, because I know your numbers circle around a mm-hmm. lot around this topic, is the house, housing inventories remain low. So the nation is roughly three million homes short of meeting buyer demand, Freddie Mac estimates. Um, and we're, you know, I think we're seeing that here as well. And you touched on, in today's sales meeting, you touched on how low the inventory is. And we, we went back three years. Mm-hmm. And granted... You know, the start of COVID, we had a n- surplus of mm-hmm. product yeah. um, because people were fleeing the cities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's interesting is, is are those stats of, of how much inventory we have. Do you mind sharing
1: those? Yeah, um, we'll go through Hoboken again because that's Hoboken, downtown Jersey are major markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we do all, we cover all of Hudson County, obviously, and rest of New Jersey. Um, but the numbers that we generally run since we work here yeah. on a daily basis is Hoboken and downtown Jersey City. Jersey City Heights, Jersey Journal Square, all those kind of things. But we're going to just look at Jersey City Heights. I'm sorry, downtown Jersey City and Hoboken. But going back in Hoboken first, back in 2020 when we were still in the midst of COVID, um, you know, we had an active inventory on November 7th or 8th, right around the same time this year, um, of a total of 351 active condos on the market.
0: So this week in 2020, 300 and what?
1: 351. 351, okay. Mm -hmm. And over that time and that period um, when we ran the contracts over a 30-day period um, back in November of 2020, uh, we had 74 went into contract out of 351. So we were in still a seller's market, um, but we were at the very end of the seller's market, heading into more of a normal market where it's good for buyer, for both seller and buyer. Mm -hmm. In that market's pretty much a level playing field at that point. Um, and then 20, 2020 last year is when we really kind of started moving away from COVID. People still obviously concerned about it, but people got back to normalcy. Schools were opening, people were moving. Um, a lot of people that were still moving to the suburbs from Manhattan and stuff like that going on. Um, so when we looked at the numbers last year at the same time frame, uh, we had 161 active condos on the market, mm-hmm. uh, which was to me that is a very Normal market for us. Yeah. Um. I, I. If I look back at trends over the, because I have stats from two thousand eight and up to two thousand seven, mm-hmm. that's probably about the average.
0: About 160 condos. Yeah, I would
1: say mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty condos on the market at any given time throughout the year, pretty much. Maybe dip down a little bit during Christmas. Yep. Uh, but generally that's or in August because August is almost like a holiday month because people divert their attention to enjoy the rest of the summer. Right. Um, but generally, other than that, we're about 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 a one fifty average throughout whole for the year. Um, again, we've sold over a thousand properties were closed last year, um, in Hoboken, alone, which was the first time in like three or four years we hit that number. Wow. Yeah. over Um,
0: for the whole year. For the year. I think we
1: had like a a 1200 or 1100. I can look at the stats on that. But for purposes
0: of comparison, Mm -hmm. so 351 this week, 2020.
1: Mm -hmm. 161.
0: 161 this week, 2021. Correct. How many this week? This year? 2022.
1: Uh, We are at 85.
0: Jesus. Which
1: is our lowest inventory number we've had to date. Ever? Ever.
0: Since we've been tracking. Since
1: we've been tracking, correct.
0: Um, So, I mean, therein lies, just simple supply and demand, simple economics, therein lies why the market is still thriving. Because we have so little Mm -hmm. on the market.
1: Mm -hmm. We've dropped over 50% in one year. um, And... That is keeping the market af- I think keeping the market afloat.
0: Correct. So let's say there's an influx of product that hits the market, the supply, you know, goes back to one sixty one, mm-hmm. one could argue that's where the change in price would happen.
1: Yeah. I mean again looking at the stacks they're kinda of confusing. We we're looking through them. Right. Um looking at contracts this time last year, we had um ninety nine out of one sixty one being active.
0: Okay. Ninety nine out of one sixty one. We, under
1: contract uh, ninety nine yeah not, okay. not ninety nine out of one sixty one but one hundred sixty one active, ninety nine in contract over a thirty day period. Okay.
0: Uh,
1: this year we're at eighty five active. Yep. And we are at thirty six under contract in a thirty day period. So half. Yeah, it's actually more. It's like sixty percent, something like that. Sixty four percent lower contracts than last year, and but we also have fifty percent lower inventory.
0: Right.
1: So you know, um, it's showing that inventory is going down. Contracts have dipped a little bit, but if you're looking at relative, if you say it was last year to this year, the numbers kind of even out in a sense because we're, you know, know, we're dropped down 50% on inventory, right, and we've dropped down like 60-something percent on on, uh, contracts.
0: So one of the things that, like this article would say, is buyer demand remains high, which I think is something that... Is an interesting stat from an overall country perspective, from a state perspective. Um, you know, the Nate, um, the Grand Canyon University survey just came out and said postgraduate students ranked home ownership above having a successful job, marriage, or even a baby. So, home ownership is still something that is top of mind for the millennials for the next generation after that. Forgive me, I have no idea what we're calling them. But, like, if homeownership is such a big deal and these interest rates continue to go up, you know, I guess my question is, uh, you know, for us, it's very easy for us because... I don't want to say easy because that's a terrible thing. We we obviously work hard. But, like, our market is so transient in the sense that, you know, this is where people come after college. Or let's say they want to leave the city, but they want a little more space, but they don't want to necessarily do the suburbs yet. You know, we've always had a very resilient market. So I think... From a micro perspective, Hoboken, Jersey City, the Gold Coast always will have a, a certain level of healthiness to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, from a macro perspective, though, this survey is saying the whole country is still very much demanding.
1: Well, I think cult. the demanding thing is going on is because there's less inventory. I just think that is the so, big yeah. underlying factor, which is going to keep people... It, it, I, think it just, I, I think it's a falsehood in the sense... I
0: agree. That's what I'm, That's kind of what I'm coming through when you, with your numbers yeah. is like, you know, they're saying it's demand, which mm. I'm sure they're using statistics, mm. but, you know, I think you and I who are have boots on the ground mm. that are actually doing the work mm. here, I would argue that the demand is much less.
1: I, I totally agree with you. I mean, right. again, I, again, I think other certain areas thrive better than other areas. Yeah. Um, I think the overall country, from what the stats are saying from, uh, from the Realtor Magazine, yeah. Um, or are seeing stats, but again, this data is probably a month old already. Right. And on top of that, um, I don't think they're, I, I, I think they're just basing off of strict numbers without being involved in the daily walking around industry itself, Right. working with I think these are people just compiling numbers. I compile numbers a lot because I like numbers. Numbers never lie, right. um, but they can be deceiving at times and they can be miscued to ways you want to try to put your opinion across, but if you're not in the mix Right. You really don't know. You can just spew out numbers all day long. Yeah, so you know? true. Yeah, and again, the numbers I'm seeing this past week, um, we only had four contracts in Hoboken.
0: Um, yeah, let's talk about that for a yeah. second here. That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. So, in one week, we only had four units go under contract.
1: Correct, and that's going from studio <laughs> to five bedroom condo. And uh, last year at this time, we had 21 contracts. What? Yeah.
0: Wait, so that's oh my god. Mm. Because that that's this week last year.
1: This week last year, yeah. Did
0: you by any chance have 2020? Uh
1: n- no, 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 I turn right. look it's it up. It's probably off anyway because Yeah, well 2020 year. to me I looked at 2020 is just take that number out and right, cause look at it. look at 2019. 20 to me 20 2019 is very resembling of 2021.
0: So 21, because I think the first thing that people say to people mm-hmm. that aren't watching the numbers, right? You get your realtors out there and they're just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Mm-hmm. People will be like, oh, it's the holidays, right? Mm-hmm. You always have a slowdown during mm-hmm. the holidays. Mm-hmm. It happens, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. But this is the same week last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the uh, week before, we had nine contracts on all booking for the last, the two prior weeks before this past week ended. Yep. We had uh, the two weeks prior to that with nine contracts each. And I believe we were at 25 the week prior to the 21 last year. Okay. And I think we were at like 26 the week prior to that. So we've seen a significant drop for the last three weeks wow. in Hoboken compared to this year compared to last year.
0: How much of it do you think is the psychological aspect of things? Like people are exhausted. We've been in COVID. No one wants to say, even say the word COVID anymore. Like what if? What about people sh- shifting focus? Like I think during COVID the focus was so about the home.
1: Oh, yeah, no question. I, and I now
0: people are like, I can travel. I can, yep, I, Like, yeah. how much of that do you think plays in?
1: I think it has something to do with the play in, it, but I also think it's just that there's so much negativity in news today yeah. um, and not a politics with inflation, economics, stuff like that. Yeah. And then you get the uh, extremely fast increase in interest rates in 10 months uh, from 3% to 7.1, 75 Depending on where you can get it, I think that has just scared some people, you know, and I think, you know, there's people still buying, no question about it. Um, I think people still buy. Um, It's just that I don't think property values have come down enough yet to make a buyer feel comfortable that they're paying twice as much as they did the year prior. I think that is almost like sticker shock. Right. I think once that goes away. Um, when prices start pulling back or interest rates maybe next year come down a percent, I think you'll see more buyers have more confidence. And I don't think the sticker shock will be. I think they're going to be past the sticker shock. Yeah. And I think, again, COVID, people cared about home, family, friends. And then last year when things started opening up, everybody was traveling. Right. How many delayed flights with people going on, all this stuff, you know. There was not enough staffing in airlines because people just want to get and go. And I think what's going on now is I think it's just more sticker shock with everything happening. And I think once things balance out, Sometime next year, if interest rates happen to go back down a little bit, because I think we're going to eventually have to peak. I can't see it being, you know, 10% interest rates coming next year. That would be insane. Think? I hope not, really I at all. I think double,
0: I'm, I'm putting it on here. Yeah. I think double digits by March. Wow. Yeah, That's how I really don't yeah. see them cool. They're they're raising it so quickly, mm-hmm. and I I understand mm-hmm. why. I, mean, mm-hmm. I understand the, yeah. the thought process yeah. behind it. I just mm-hmm. I don't see an end.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, you could be right. I mean, again, the highest interest I was involved it was eight and a half percent. But again, when you're coming from ten down to eight and a half percent, it feels more. Uh, it just feels better inside when you're buying. Correct, because you save a point and a half, and that's what drove the market. Um, again. 20% return in the year, first year in business in 22,000. Clients were buying 8.5% interest rates, 30 year fixed because um, 7 and 10-year-olds really were weren't a thing back then not for most people. Mm. And a year later, the property was worth 20% more, you know,
0: so we're arguably going to have a massive refi boom in like two three years if these rates go back down. Oh, I
1: would agree. I would agree. And again, a seven to ten year arm. The good thing is at the end you know what the rate is going to be on your when you buy it. Get a seven to ten year arm. Mm. They'll tell you what your rate can go up to at the end, and then hopefully, um, hopefully. Oh, there is like a cap on. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: interesting. And and then
1: hopefully by that time when you get to that point, it's the rates are lower than that you can refinance out of it. Right. You know, and a lot of times they'll just re re roll your. Uh, Closing costs into the loan, so you don't have to actually do any money out of pocket. So
0: interesting. Yeah. I think it's also important to state that like a market correction is not necessarily a crash. No. You know, so like some markets may experience mm. a slight decrease in mm. home prices mm-hmm. as the market readjusts from recent rapid record highs, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like everyone's asset is gonna go to zero.
1: No, no, not at all. That that I can't see that ever happening unless <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: aliens attack. You know, is, no offense, the next step
1: Yeah, why not? The
0: world is why? on fire Yeah, I, I f- in fully flag-o. Believe, Yeah, <laughs> Fully believe that aliens and or locusts are the next stage in the apocalypse right. that we'll experience I agree um, Alright, so I'm going to ask you a very generalized question yep. I think you and I get asked constantly mm-hmm. and I'm interested to see how you handle it Okay um, Is now a good time to buy? Um,
1: I really de- think it depends on what you're looking for as a person um, if you're looking for a quick buy, fix, flip, no. Right. I think you need several more months f- to see everything shake out. If you're a person that's looking at a home that maybe has come down in price because you're seeing price reductions mm. uh, a lot now, yeah. uh, maybe not to the drop point where they should be corrected to, but they're close enough to where they should be, and it's your dream home.
0: Yeah. And you
1: know you're going to be there for at least 7 to 10 years i think you buy i don't think seven it's... is your is your yeah seven's the really low point i mean again listen can you get away if things change a couple of years no problem you're still gonna make money but right. you know safe bet is seven to 10. ten is concrete to me
0: well, i, I and... even think like people say making money like what if you live for free do you know what i mean like let's say that you like with a, let's say you only make like five ten grand on your assessment on yeah. your on your assessment on your asset uh-huh. you, you've essentially lived for nothing oh like, i agree
1: I agree. You know, the funny thing is, too, when I, when I sell, when I go to listing appointments, I give my clients a net proceed sheet. Mm. Um, it basically shows them what their mortgage amount is, uh, minus, the, well, against the purchase price, and minus realtor fees, tra- New Jersey transfer fee, the, right. the, the the VIG that the state takes from you, um, those things. And <laughs> they get a better perspective. It's like, wow, my mortgage, you know, my house is worth seven fifty, but my mortgage is only $250,000, so I'm pulling out after all said and done. Half a million dollars. Right. He's like, you know, that is gold when they see stuff like that. So it is kind of like living for free. Yeah. You know, um, people don't think don't think about when they purchase the house to when they sell the house what they're getting back. Right. Because they just think, okay, I'm only gonna make fifty thousand dollars on my house. Well, not really. You bought you paid your loan down, which you brought your mortgage down, uh, which now frees up has more cash and equity built into the house. Right. Um, you live there. It was your home. You put money into it. You fixed it up. You did whatever. But you know, they're not taking the the account that, okay, I'm paying off whatever my remainder of my mat- mortgages. I've lived here for 10 years. I paid off 150000 on that. And my house is worth another $150,000 more. So it's $300,000. And I lived here. And I got the tax benefits of it. Right. So some people don't realize that until they obviously meet with their realtor. And hopefully they're using a good realtor like, I would say, Angle Volker's. <laughs>
0: Shameless plug. You
1: know it. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, net proceeds, sheet really helps people out and gives them a really better perspective of what they did over the course of their time living there and what they're pulling out back at the end of the day.
0: So here's another question. I guess it's the same question, but from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Who should be selling right now?
1: Who should be selling? People that are getting transferred for work. Uh, people that are need to move into a bigger home. People that are living in one bedroom and their their first child is two years old and they're pregnant again, right. and they are looking they really need to buy a bigger place because they can't they, the space can't sustain them. Those are the people, um, and um, you yeah, know people that might have to sell because they're looking at their other bills and they just they, maybe when they purchased the property they were really close to their financial budget. Right. Um, you know the only thing is that if you sell that and you have an issues there, will you be able to rent? Because rents are so high. Right. Yeah, but my thing is, I think people that really should be looking to sell, you know, unless you have cash and you can do it, that's a different story. So let's just take those people out of the equation. I think normal people. Yeah. I think it's people that are running out of space and are just too small, but are also looking for not a short-term home. They're looking for something that they're going to put their roots in, have their family, their children raised in that town, grow up there. To at least they done high school, mm-hmm. you're probably looking at twenty years then right you know you 're going to make a lot of money and if you if that you get to that point now where you 're living in a small apartment or a renting a small apartment and mm-hmm. you have children and you at that point i don't interest rates are what they are, but as long as you can look at a monthly budget and have your mortgage rep um, look at okay this is what my budget I want to spend per month twenty five hundred dollars right. And look at that and see what buying power you have and hopefully that you can afford that to buy that home that you want because you're going to need it anyway All right now if you wait six months price might come down a little bit but we don't know what interest is going to go off so if you're thinking about selling uh i'm sorry about buying because you have to because of growing out of space um or even people that are downsizing you got people that their children have left the nest you know empty nesters that right. don't need uh, 3,000 square foot home anymore.
0: $40,000 a year in taxes? Yeah.
1: So they can look at, you know, uh, thinking about selling their place and buying a smaller place. It should be cheaper too to probably down, price down, coming right. down in price. But those are the things I look at. I, I just tell people, you know, if you are running out of space, it doesn't matter if you're buying now or, um, sorry, uh, buying now or next year in a few months. Right. You know, we're, we prices should be coming down eventually more than before. But, we Still don't know if interest rates will go up, so that might almost be a wash, right? But at that time, you shouldn't let it discourage you from purchasing because if you're thinking long term, it's not going to matter. And again, and if you probably buy a place next year and interest rates are eight percent, um, you live there seven years later, interest rates are now five percent, just refinancing, yeah, going to a new loan, Then you're going to save yourself three, four dollars a month, you're going to be so happy about that as well. It's a home run as well,
0: so. We're, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I love about you. Uh, before we end this, what are some stats that you think are worth sharing with people, aside from the ones that we've... Continued?
1: Let's see. Um, just going to be an instinct. Um, right now, for the three quarters that have just ended in Hoboken, and for the first month of the fourth quarter, we are at 764 closed sales last year we did 1122 closed sales don't think we're gonna get near that That's interesting. um our best closed quarter was the second quarter in hoboken at 294 closed condos our best closed quarter last year was the second quarter at 332 closed condos wow so we're still 30 something 30 something um condos closed less this year than last year the same in, in quarter two and it's th- this is listen to this stat so uh this year uh third quarter we had two hundred and sixteen closed condos, which the prices dropped about what did I tell you uh thirty something thousand dollars from the yeah. second quarter so last year, third quarter, we had three hundred and twenty three closed sales so so we what's actually a hundred and fourteen closed a hundred and sorry four hundred and seven less closed condos. This third quarter compared to last third quarter.
0: And I think people would would speak, going back to our our conversation, I think people would tout the lower inventory, but I honestly would say that that's a combination of both. That's saying that the demand is lower, too. Yeah. You can't have that big of an inventory swing. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Again, the last time we had over a 1,000 closed properties in Hoboken was 2015, 2014, 2013, and that's because... The real estate market was rebounding. Yep. 2011, Two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, really started showing signs of the real estate market, but two thousand twelve and two thousand thirteen really just pushed it right back, back up to uh, where it was prior to the real estate market um crashing.
0: So last year, over a thousand properties closed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The last time that happened was two thousand thirteen. Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen.
1: Yeah my uh the uh, the old i had uh, this spreadsheet i have goes back really far just unfortunately it doesn't it's on on this one mm-hmm. but i can always if you wanted to do this again we can always go over i can show you the statistics right before the crash
0: no uh, i think what we do the is middle of the
1: crash and then through and uh, then the rebound of the crash
0: i'm gonna on here and when i post it i'll give your contact information mm-hmm. and people can reach out to you directly yeah
1: that'd be great i yeah, have no problem Any, Listen, insight is always uh, is just is is is, is value is so valuable. Yeah, and you know, I just like I like I love numbers. I just do. Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you and I all sit here. Yeah,
1: it's stupid. Do this for I mean, it's hours. probably the only thing I'm really good at is numbers. Besides my so galop- good galops- uh, Where do we go from here? Where do we go from um, here? I think um, the concentration is going to be trying to help your customers make that decision on. What should is it they right for them? Is it right for them? And again, so it's no
0: longer going to be these declarations of it's a great time to buy, it's a great time to sell. It's going to be for you, it's a good time, yeah. To I
1: mean, I, I again, I think people are going to still pitch that, yeah. Um, but again, if you have an agent or a realtor you're working with, or as we are advisors because we advise our clients, what's the best thing to do for them, um, in a sense of buying or selling? Um, I think you know. You just need to really trust the person you're dealing with. I don't think it's a great time to buy, it's a great time to sell is a language that I would use with my clients. I would look at their particular situation yeah, um, and see what they need to do, if this is the right time for them. yeah, Or should we wait six months or should we wait a year? I, listen, my business has always been based off of long-term relationships. Yeah. And the only way of doing that is people having trust in you um, by giving honest and answers that are, are beneficial for them, not for the realtor.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so, um, if people are telling you stuff that you don't think you feel comfortable with, then it's generally the case that it's not something that you should be listening to. Right.
0: You know? And what about for realtors? Give some, drop some knowledge for the realtors. Realtors,
1: I think they're going to have to start looking, um, working harder. Um, I think, <laughs> it, I think it was easier for a few years. Um, you know, my a lot of my business is based off referral based business, uh, which is working with people over years and years and years, yeah. and constantly getting business from either them personally or from people that they know refer to me. So um, on that topic, not mm-hmm. to cut you off, mm-hmm. but
0: like I can't tell you how many people come in and like, how many leads are you gonna give us? And I'm yeah. like, uh, none. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> and hilarious. now it's like I feel like yeah. now's the time like the people that are working by referral are gonna reap the benefits because I agree. they're generating their own their own leads you yes. know versus if you have mm-hmm. like the average Zillow
1: mm-hmm. lead is a conversion rate of 3% yeah and uh, I worked for a company for a few years when I had some uh, family issues with an illness that I need to be closer to home
0: yeah. uh, you could say if pers- you work for someone else that's
1: yeah. fine uh, <laughs> the company the person and company I worked for they were heavily big on spending money on Zillow they spent like 10 grand a month
0: yeah I think a lot of people are
1: yeah and that just that wasn't even Hoboken Hoboken obviously it's like 5 grand a month for like Three tenths or a percent or something right, like that. Right, These right. were other areas where you know they can buy caucus Nutley, Liners, right. Union City, but their return rate was one percent, and it was just just something I never got into. I don't think it's a good business because what happens? You're getting people that are calling up off of that listing, and they're not even getting a listing agent. They're getting they're getting their, another realtor that's paying for that ad, and that realtor has no idea about that yeah. particular property unless they look it up. Yeah. Um. So, but again, that for other realtors, I think you're gonna have to start looking at door knocking again, cold mm-hmm. calling. Um. Obviously, if you have a referral based business, that's always the best way to go. But I think, I think you have to be smarter and try to look at other avenues. I don't think you can always put all your eggs in one basket in right. a market that's changing. I think you need to diversify and off and try to do a little of everything just to keep yourself going because,
0: you never know. And then for, you know, you have a place and you're looking to sell and you're looking for a realtor, in your opinion, I mean, aside obviously you're biased, you choose to be part of this company, but for me, like, I I don't know how people are, I think you have to have some sort of connectivity in New York. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, a good Or some sort of market
0: situation. Yep, yep. Um, it's why I bought this company. Mm-hmm. I think their global footprint is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't just say it. We actually go out and no. make connections with people all over the I world. I agree. I agree. And, and I, I d- think that's going to, you know, I don't I don't think it's going to be as easy as throwing it on Zillow and waiting for the offers to come. It's definitely, no. your, your realtor's going to have to do some work.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of work coming just because I went through this and realtors were doing anything, you know, calling you up five minutes after the showing. What's the feedback? What can we do to get your buyer, client the price? Right. You know, buy it. Um, and But there was nothing really changing. It was just them reacting. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I think a good way, what I've seen in past markets when it slowed down, and I think this is going to happen, I was talking about in the office meeting, I think you're going to start seeing some realtors that are smart, that have been in this business a long time, that they are going to underprice the home enough where it looks so low that they're going to bring a swarm of buyers in, and what mm-hmm. they're going to do is bid up the place to at least get that value back that they under underpriced it and then hopefully more
0: To so create demand where there is none
1: yes and i think that's a way you're going to be able that's the way you're going to be able to sell a house fast if you have to sell a house fast and you should be able to recoup your number that you're going below if not you you might Get even money back on it, but you're out in thirty days.
0: Well, I think the, it's also like I think when you talk to sellers about that, and they, they get nervous, like oh my god, this is not what I thought it would be. It's like you still have full control over this. You yeah. start getting offers that are ten percent under asking price, mm-hmm. just say no. Yeah, you, you don't know, accept
1: like, anything you don't you want. You don't
0: have to anything. It's right? House, it's not like you sign it's your house, a house. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think that. So they feel
1: pressured by your realtor or, right. or a family member. Say take it, take it, take it. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't take it
0: yeah i think what's also interesting is i think there's going to be you know and this always happens in the burbs they always say it's great to be the second or third realtor on a property mm. we've never had that issue in hudson county stuff no. sells within a month um if that long yeah so i think mm. what's going to be interesting is there's going to be way more expired listings mm. i think there's going to be way more as we go through this mm. transition and sellers yeah. kind of don't take their medicine and they, and they can they insist on pricing higher there's going to be situations where now there are second and third realtors yeah um on one product yeah. And I think that's, that's really interesting mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah, I, I agree. You All always right. want to be the second realtor.
1: what especially <laughs> when it comes to a slow market and people agreeing to prices that the sellers think the house is worth, which was maybe six months ago. Yep. You know, I think that's starting to show now. I really think, you know, clients are still thinking the sellers are still thinking the market was as strong as it was in February and March. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. No. And I think if you're not looking at it, you know, and explaining to your clients that, listen, I understand your concerns, and I would love to get you the most money out of your property. If you're, a, if you want, we can try your price for a week to two weeks, but we have to sign a with a, a a change of status form today, post-dated, That if it doesn't sell in those two weeks, we have to go down to the price that I recommended.
0: Right, and I think I think you know there's still this like perception of realtors like we're used car salesmen. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with used car salesmen, no. but like there's you know, and I, I think. Educating them up front And being like Listen I'll do whatever You want me to do But Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt you To be in the market Mm -hmm. long term
1: It only hurts you So I had a client That um, I worked with For nine years um, Bought an investment In in Hoboken um, Moved to Dominican Republic During COVID Decided Mm -hmm. that he's not going back Daddy wanted to just Not deal with it Because he's a landlord From out of the country now Mm -hmm. And um, he asked me To run numbers for him I rented out his place For several years and I gave him a number that was realistic, um, and he told me, "He's like, listen, enough to take it personal, but people have always told me to interview multiple realtors. Like, go for it. I suggest you multiple yeah. interview multiple realtors. I have no problem with my my confidence in myself and my numbers that I run. So one realtor came back at the same number I did. He told me, and then one realtor told them sixty five thousand dollars higher, and that uh, than me and the other realtor did, and he felt that he believed the guy he believed him he's like I, he's kind of like so, like a oil can salesman but I, I believed in him right so like I, you know I, I said listen I, I can list the price anything you want but I'm just giving you what as an advisor what this is the real estate price is right so he went three weeks at that price got no offers he was supposed to call me um, did not call me went released with another guy dropped it down by $25,000 30 days later Dropped it down another $25,000 and sold it for 2000 more than what I told him. Wow. And five, almost five months later.
0: Right. And so 70- then you have all those carrying costs.
1: Yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> it was vacant. It, the renter moved out in July. He closed uh, about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, never rubbed in his face. Haven't talked to him about it. It's not what I do. Um, it's just that if you would to listen to the realtor, that is really giving you honest numbers, um, in the beginning, um, Instead of waiting four months to get that number again and feel like you know you yeah. just you just lost money you lost more money, you know um there's people out there that fifty dollars they want that fifty dollars more for rent and they'll go vacant a month but they just lost three thousand dollars but they got the ne- they got the fifty dollars the next month higher for the rent price yep but you lost three thousand dollars you right. know um it, you know right
0: so Your carrying it, costs and all of that I mean I can't even tell you how many times it's been I've been blessed to have clients that want to keep me through these price reductions, mm-hmm. which is lovely. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the yeah. vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you go two years with something on the market, mm-hmm. and, yeah, eventually you get that number, but you just mm-hmm. spent hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. getting that number. Yeah. Like, there's there's a time value of money mm-hmm. that I think people leave on the table. I but. agree.
1: Yeah, and I don't think sellers look at that that way. They just think about the final number for the right. property. And they don't realize that, okay, you go, if you miss... If you're living there you're paying mortgage, I understand. But if you have a place to go to, yeah. now you might be carrying two mortgages. Right. So why don't you just price it right the first time? You know, and um, when that guy told me about I'm like, listen, I'll listen for whatever you want, but he's like, You don't have conviction in a price. I'm like, of course I don't have conviction in price because it's not the right price. Right. Your price is not worth that. Right. You know? But he decided to use that person and I don't know if he's upset or sad or worried or should listen with Joe, but I know that um, my price that I gave him was $2,000 off from where it sold from
0: I mean the theme of this conversation you can't argue with facts
1: right? no definitely can't <laughs> and I you know and the funny thing is this guy was a numbers guy which was shocking wow yeah it was a finance guy
0: so uh, yeah. alright well we're gonna wrap up yep just cause this is long but mm-hmm. I uh, I so appreciate you this was oh, so I appreciate awesome, you dude.
1: allowing me to do this it's my first uh, my first official podcast
0: and with a voice like that
1: oh yeah baby <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: so how can people reach you
1: um, I do would say know. Instagram or uh, yeah, Facebook.
0: Ev Joey D on Instagram. Yeah. Um, he's Joseph D'Amico on Facebook mm-hmm. and email. Is uh, Joseph
1: dot D'Amico and Ev Real
0: Estate D so
1: apostrophe. Oops, sorry. No, right? you can't use that in uh, emails. So it's D's <laughs> and David. A M I C O is D'Amico
0: at Estate dot com. Mm-hmm. Fantastic.
1: Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, thank you so much for
0: your knowledge. Well, thank you over to March. Aww. Thank
1: you over to March. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, you guys got a, uh, some really good information about this. Yep. And um, if anything, you'll learn something today. That's all that matters. You should learn something new every day.
0: I love that. Yay. Thanks, Joey. D. You're welcome.
1: Thank you As for always, the invite, a Lisa. pleasure. Bye, Lili. Bye. Bye.